What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the I'm Getting There podcast. It's your host, Michael Booth, and I am here once again today back with a new episode, um, and I have a returning guest this time, uh, comedian Butch Escobar joined me today in the show, and we talk about a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, it was really cool to have him on. I uh, always love talking to Butch, getting his perspective, uh, and, and you know, and just shooting the shit. He's a hilarious dude. Uh, if you don't follow him already, please go follow Butch on Instagram, at Butch Escobar. And uh, check out his TikTok, his, his uh, reels. Uh, he's got some show dates up. And he's also performing at my shows in August on the 25th at the Woodhouse and on the 27th at the XL Public House. So make sure to come and check those out if you're in the area. And, uh, yeah, go follow him and go check him out on social media. And if you could also follow the podcast on Instagram, at I'm getting there pod. Really appreciate it. Uh, we've been getting close to cracking 400 followers. So if you guys could go leave a follow, leave a like. Uh, share a video clip i uh, really appreciate it and uh, hit the link in the bio on the instagram to subscribe to the show if you're not subscribed already so you can get notification when i drop a new episode every week and uh, if you're on apple or spotify please rate and review the show uh, i appreciate everybody that's done that so far and uh, the next xl public house bricks and beer comedy night will be july 30th this month so if you're in the area on july 30th come down to the xl in salinas right in old town there's a parking garage right next to the show so no don't have to worry about parking and the show starts at nine so you can go hit a bar before you come down get a beer and hang out it's gonna be a great lineup i got jack ferguson yoki denise lee kelly evans and headliner john gab and some of those people have been on this, this podcast before and done the done the bricks and beer before so it should, should be a really awesome night and uh, I have a new comedy show that I'm also putting together in Santa Cruz at Woodhouse Blending and Brewing. And I'm pretty excited to announce the lineup in the next day for that one. Stay tuned on that. I have a, I think it's the 25th of August coming up. I will have a flyer soon and announce the lineup and everything like that. And so I appreciate everybody that's been coming to the shows, listening to the podcast. Thank you so much. And I hope you guys enjoy this episode with Butch. I thought I could get something like, like motherfucker. Like, <laughs> yeah, this shit's a pain in the ass, dude. Yeah, all this oh, stuff yeah. is such a pain in the ass. <laughs> this... And yeah, I don't like... use it. I don't use like if you use it every day, you go, okay, I know what's going on right now. Mm-hmm. But it's like I've gotten away from using my computer, like dude, almost to... <laughs> altogether. I tried to explain this to my grandparents once, and they were just like, "Wait, you do what?" And I was like, <laughs> just trying to explain the concept of like, yeah. And they were just like, that's, they're just shaking their heads. Like, oh yeah, dude. I don't even know. What, that's Those, those really, people were driving around in, in Model T's at one time. Fucking <laughs> going to Bodville. I don't know how old you are, bro. But <laughs> no, uh, I'm, turning, I'm turning 30 in a, in a few months. But um, my grandparents were like, my grandpa's like 81. My, I think my grandma's like 70, so. Yeah, what's going on like 80 years ago? Bro, that's the 60s. Oh, right? so you're like, your parents are the, your grandparents are the same age as my parents. Probably. My dad's like 75. Yeah, like my mom's 49. Okay. God, I missed when my parents were in their 40s. 
Shit, dude. They were so much cooler than I thought they were when they were in their 40s. Well, now one of them's dead, so she's not cool at all, but, you know. And like a dude about that. <laughs> no fault of her own. <laughs> yeah, dude. I feel that. My my dad's dead too, so I'm like, yeah, I, he's not cool at all either. Yeah, he fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> you're not in my life no more because you died, you selfish dick. <laughs> no, I don't I'm sorry, I don't know why your dad died. I shouldn't say that. Your friends and family are gonna be like, what the fuck is this guy? Like, dude. I'm more reflecting. I'm talking to my own mom. <laughs> oh, dude, I'm glad we're we're reflecting, dude. Yeah, we're, we're just reflecting, dude. Yeah, reflecting. like my mom died, and I, yeah, dude, I found I found my mom dead on my birthday. So, oh shit, I always like I always like man, that was the major. That was like the ultimate fuck you to me from my mom. My mm. my my sisters laugh about it. Like I always when my mom died, I j- joked continuously. Like when we were when we were in the um, funeral home, um, mm-hmm. like planning her funeral, they had to shut the door on our room because I couldn't stop joking around, and my sisters and my dad couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> you know, and like I just couldn't yeah. stop, dude. It just had to do something to like get myself out of like that that uh, grief, you know. Yeah, I I uh, I make jokes about it too, and. Like with friends and stuff and, and family, I think like you have to, you know, like uh, it's a it's a good way to to it's a good way to deal with it and just make light of it, you know. Like uh, one time, my buddy was like, it was Father's Day, we were in college. He's like, I'm gonna call my dad. I was like, Yeah, bro, me too. And he just looked at me like, You fucking, dickhead. <laughs> bro, you know. So we're younger, dude. We're younger. We would do the, we would do the like your mom this, your mom that, you know. Mm-hmm. And we have, you know, and as we get older, man, we're more sensitive to things. And we have this one friend who's kind of gone just completely a sensitive guy. Like at some point we figured out that old Mike B shouldn't be messed around with as much as everybody else. And so, you know, one guy will get him going on mom shit. And then I'll walk in and they'll go, Butch's mom, blah, blah, blah. And I'll go, your mom. And then my buddy will go, your mom, blah, blah, blah. Mike, my mom, my mom's dead. And then Mike starts crying. And then we all get a kick out Damn. of it. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, dude. I would, that, yeah. <laughs> I uh, I feel that way about some things. Like I was explaining to somebody the other day, like the the movie The Water Boy hits me a certain way. Uh-huh. Uh, like when he runs up to give everybody a high five and they all run away from him. Right. Like that shit makes me actually like hella sad. Like, I, like dude, everybody's like it? laughing at that part and I'm like, yo. Like, yeah. Like damn, like, like and I, like, like guy or something? Is it, <laughs> it's fucked, dude. The water boy makes me hella sad, and I'm just like, damn, bro. Like this is supposed I, to be funny, but I just like sit there and I'm like, fuck. Because you grasp the reality of a guy who just wants to be accepted by a by friendships <laughs> and like adores, and then they just completely shit on him. Yeah, yeah, dude. I mean, that's what a comic does. <laughs> You can't actually watch uh. real comedy and and, and like, <laughs> it's like it's brutal and like and and dissect like without dissecting it like you have to like like you have like I could never uh. my sister would be like don't watch fucking te- children television with my my kids because you just fuck it up for them because I would just sit there and be like fucking <laughs> this is fucking everybody thinks Dora's a hero dude she's a dumb bitch walking around the fucking dude. jungle 
about to get yeah. dude the jungles of mexico bro like this is not a good and then she's dumb bro she's dumb as fuck dude always asking where shit's at i just like i see the reality in things bro I just see she the... has a piece of talking paper in her backpack yeah bro like her you backpack don't think has car... eyes on you don't it? think the cartel wants a talking map get the fuck out of here dude get the fuck it sings to them yeah dude <laughs> Tells him where all the fucking other enemies are and shit. It's a magic map and a magic uh, backpack, dude. That's funny. can rule the world uh, with that shit. It's funny you're bringing this up. I kind of have like a, a like kind of like a joke about this where it's like when when Swiper the Fox comes up, you know, and he's yeah. like there and he's trying to steal something. Like uh, sometimes he steals the stuff, right? And the only the only way they find it is with the map. And so I'm always like, I like connected the it map and fucking Swiper in collusion. Dude, yeah. One time I was stoned watching yeah. it, and I was like, "Dude, that's because Mexicans are the map corrupt. is evil. Latin people are corrupt by nature, bro. <laughs> like we can't help it. Map's like, what's what you got, Swiper? What's up, Bessie? I sitting here. Cut me, back cut me in on day, this, dog. Yeah. Like I be fucking with this bitch all day, dog. You just tell me where to fucking hide that shit, bro. I'll make that bitch run, dog. <laughs> that's so funny to think about. Like Swiper's like, hey, like." You know, I'll cut you in if you just like let her know where it is. Swiper's working done. in conjunction with the map. It's just a, it's, it's just a fucking, it's a diversion program, so she doesn't figure out what's really going on. <laughs> Mexico has corrupt policies, and fucking are constantly fucking taking. Swiper just takes the yeah. stuff and puts drugs in it, and then he's like, "Go find it," and then she puts it back in. Her <laughs> she puts it back in her backpack and takes, <laughs> it takes it to her. The- and then her dad, who's actually, we did it. We did- yeah, exactly. <laughs> And then at night when she falls asleep, it's like the kid. It's like the kid with a guitar in Desperado. <laughs> oh, I can't believe you just connected that. That's oh, so that's fucking really funny. Good. That's really oh. good. Oh my god. Um, so I wanted to ask you uh, about um, Pittsburgh because didn't you? Weren't yeah, you? Yeah, we just... were in Pittsburgh. We were just. We were just. I'm like like two weeks ago. Yeah, like I'm a huge, my whole life I've been like a huge Steelers fan. I've always wanted to go there. Yeah. Uh, and like, what, like, did you, was there any like cool like shit there that you were like surprised by or like, was it just I'll tell kinda... you what, bro. Like, it's weird, man, because like, uh, I've been touring for a year now with Felipe Esparza and I've learned a lot. Like, I've learned a lot of things. I've learned a lot of things that I'm like, oh man, this is, you know, there's some things where I go, okay, well, that's not what I thought it was. And then there's some things where I'm like, actually, that's pretty dope. You know, and one of the things, man, is that I've learned is like, uh, fucking traveling is brutal, first of all. You know, yeah. like like these days with the way flight flights are and what they cost, um, you're mostly going to get put on flights that are like starting at 4.30 in the morning, like taking off at like 4.30. Like I think lately I've been getting up at like 3 in the morning um taking a taking an uber or getting as close to i can to the airport and then going from there getting getting on my flight around 4 30 and then you fly in the first night and you're worn out and like you know but you still try to party because you, you're amped from being on stage and i mean it's just amazing being on something like that yeah. and then and then you want to wake up the next morning and go do stuff you know and and um and so you wake up, you, you force yourself to wake up on five hours of sleep and you promise yourself you'll get a nap later. And then you don't get a fucking nap later because you slammed Red Bulls to fucking try to enjoy your fucking day out. 
and then you work that night and then you do try to do it again the next day but then you got to wake up at like four o'clock on monday to catch a flight out so what i what i realized is fuck trying to see shit you know like if you can go see shit we did see a lot of cool shit you know what actually and and the other thing is sometimes you'll go oh you're in pittsburgh you must be like right in the middle of pittsburgh fuck no dude we were in a place called Homestead, which is like way the fuck outside of Pittsburgh. Now, okay. we got into Pittsburgh for a little bit, but I'll, I'll be honest with you, I didn't get to see much of it. But the part that we were in, which ended up being pretty rad, was Homestead, because Homestead was the home of um, Carnegie Steel. And that's where he put up his plants. That's where he ran everything. That's where all mm-hmm. the bridges come from. That's where all the... That's where all the major steel that started America first came from was right from that little area. Like wow. to the point of where like there was a there was like the story about these workers that revolted and then Carnegie brought in the Pinkertons and then they fucked up all these people and killed them, mm-hmm. you know, and like the hotel we were staying at was right on right smack dab in the middle of one of his factories because there's a little river that goes around right there. And um, and so like you know they use a lot of water and stuff yeah yeah yeah, yeah. For, like first for all that stuff and then right next to us also because this plant was used all the way up until world war ii so like next to us was this world war ii era massive crane dude i should put it on my youtubes um i still haven't done my my pittsburgh video yet i always try to make a video but I got I, I got to climb on this crane that was abandoned that was right between these two hotels you know and actually like like i said i would be honest with you i, I like Flew in and then and then as we're driving through Pittsburgh, I'm like, oh, there's Pittsburgh. Wow. And then we keep driving through Pittsburgh and I'm like, wait, was it that Pittsburgh? And they're like, yeah, we're not really performing in Pittsburgh. We're in Homestead. Uh, like when we were in Miami, we weren't necessarily right in Miami. We were in a place called Doral, you know, and sometimes like, you know, if we're doing San Antonio, you're right in the middle of San Antonio, you know, or like you're going to do San Jose, like as, as you may know, right San Jose is right in yeah. the middle of San Jose. But but some places like this, they kind of trick you, especially because outside of California, like neighborhoods are way more prevalent. We're just starting to figure that out here, I think. Like when I lived in when I lived out in the Bay Area before, there was no dog patch. And, you know, we rarely, you know, like referred to like neighborhoods. We'd just be like San Francisco or, you know, like that's South San Francisco or that's fucking, oh, like maybe the Richmond or the financial district. But we. You know, and all these places have all these neighborhoods. So anyway. Yeah. I kind of hear it more like when people describe it to me as an outsider, it's like East Bay, South Bay. Totally. And that's like, and that's the thing is like, you kind of don't even like, but out there, each place is really like particular. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when we were out there, it was like, oh, we're in Homestead. And at first I was kind of like, oh, but I wanted to see Pittsburgh. But what I really wanted to know about Pittsburgh was about the steel industry. Because one of the things I like to do too is go to towns and figure out the like the like absolute history of that place you know like i'm yeah. doing a i'm doing a podcast right now with felipe esparza and it's called history for fools and so you know okay. a lot of it is like us trying to like figure out history in places and then repeat it back to you know our demo basically and like yeah you know so so we try to figure out each place you know where we we're at tacoma we we learned some stuff about tacoma and like so we're out here. Oh, dude. 
Tacoma's that's what that yeah that's Tacoma's that's so fucking beautiful and rad that yeah. people don't even understand how rad it is Dude, like so that was sick. the thing was like I, I like Seattle and Seattle's like really beautiful but Seattle's almost like a Thomas Kincaid painting to me like on the face of it it looks really pretty but it's just it's just a facade it's just like a bunch of colors and shit when and, you get up in there you're like yeah it's just fake people living in a big city but if you go to a town like Tacoma that's like kind of a big town you know, but it's working class people. It's right on the harbor. It's got its own attributes and its own beauties. You know, I love yeah, shit like that. Yeah. Like Philly probably is a dope place. I'm not saying Seattle isn't. Seattle is actually pretty dope too. Mm-hmm. You know, and to be honest with you, Washington's probably my favorite state right now to to visit. But like Philly might be a dope place and Pittsburgh might have been a dope place. And this is what I was getting at is that one of the things I've also learned is the people there, bro. Like, so far, the best audience I've gotten to play with was Pittsburgh. Those people, down to earth, you know, and that's the thing is, is like, I got to pop out of Felipe's demo, you know, for a moment. I Trust me, I, I don't mind. Like, I don't mind his demo. I don't know if it's necessarily my demo. You know, I'm probably less Hispanic than he is, less Mexican. So, um but they love me. His demo loves me, and I appreciate them. They're nice. fucking so rad, dude. And they yell ranch water at me all the time for some weird reason. And like you know, and, and I and I I love being around them. But when I got into Pittsburgh, you know, those hard fucking working blue collar like people, and it was like it was a mix, man. It was Mexican and white people. It wasn't just all one one group of people. But you know, I I come from a working man's environment. You know, yeah. like I. Like I, I did working man stuff before I got into comedy, you mm-hmm. know, and so um and you I just like ide- I, I identify with that culture, I think. Um so when I was out there, man, it was just like fucking throwing heat every night, you know? It was like I I was unstoppable, man. I had so much nice. fucking fun. Hell yeah. You know, and, and the people of Pittsburgh are so rad, dude. Like so to me it's like, okay, cool, you go see a place. You know, I would say, like, sightseeing-wise, you know, I didn't get a lot done there. But I did at the same time, though, because right outside of our hotel was this monument also to, to, to the steel industry. They left the stacks from the fucking, from the factories out. And so you could walk yeah. up to them and look at them, and they're massive, man, like these huge brick-laid stacks, you know, and... um and that's the thing, man, is like, I think it's fun to go visit places, but now I'm starting to get in the realm of like meeting people and getting to know people, you know, as, as, as I move through city to city, his friends become my friends, you okay. know, and, and, yeah. and I start to form relationships with people. I'm, I'm not one of those people that comes into town, hangs out, smokes weed with you and then forgets who you are. Like I'll, I'll hit you up and send you fucking dumb memes or you know, fucking smoke a joint. Be like, "What's up, man? This one's for you, dude. Hope you're good out there." You know, like, yeah. like I love meeting people. I love creating big, you know, like relationships. My shit went out. Hello. Oh, yeah, I can hear you. Okay, good. I don't know what I do right now. Oh well. I'm trying to get this, dude. This thing won't stop changing colors. I'm sorry if it's annoying. Like, no, it's okay. It's, just, it's, <laughs> it's like, like, don't look at, don't look at. <laughs> I hate this stupid microphone, dude. It's, it's like a really good mic. So, 
No, it's cool, man. It's like uh, for like streaming and stuff. It's probably yeah. It's like, for streaming uh, assholes, dude. Is what it is. <laughs> I didn't mean. That. And I, and I, no, it is. It is. It's for, it's for those like because I know I streamed for a while, bro. I was definitely a streaming asshole, and then I realized like, I fucking hate this. What were you? What did you play? What games did you play? Um, it wasn't necessarily games. We did. Um, we did just chatting. Oh, I think I saw. You did stuff with like I think you did one with like DNA once. I did. Oh, I was doing I was doing a podcast with him for a while after mm-hmm. near the end of my streaming thing during the pandemic at the beginning. It got really got really heavy. Got really big. Uh, me, Ian Kung and Max. Um, what the fuck is his last name? Comic from the Bay, red haired guy. Oh, Max Eddie. Max Eddie started yeah. doing our own our own streams now we were kind of floating off the popularity of ian you know because he had like his own youtube channel and was doing really well and he was hanging out with this guy named gus johnson and his girlfriend and so they were like they were all like giving us their like they were rating us you know leaving all their viewers with us when they would sign off so i was collecting a large group of people and at first it was really wonderful because you know i was on my own journey of positivity and trying to figure myself out and Mm -hmm. you know i was kind of a different guy a few years back and trying to do a different way of you know so i'm not so full of anxiety and stress and depression you know and so i'm sharing my journey with these people and the pandemic was actually very cathartic and nice for me and and so i was sharing my journey with these people and it was wonderful because you know there's these i don't know they're like high school to college kids i would say Okay. And at first it was fun because it was talking about positivity and I was like, you know, I was really feeling like I was teaching these younger people something. But I learned really quickly, they're the most judgmental little fucks in the world. <laughs> and if you fucking slip just a little bit, if you just give a little bit of like, oh, I'm not having a good day or non-positivity or you refer to them and their non-binary fucking whatever and, and the you know you refer to a they as a him or whatever then they get all fucking fluffered and you know you say something off color and then they get upset with you and it was like starting to be a balancing act because they're also giving you money they're also subscribing you know and so they're yeah. like slowly imposing their judgments on you and they're using their money to like kind of like let you know like oh, look yeah. if you don't tow this line we're going to stop fucking with you. And you start yeah. to do a song and dance. I think Max Eddie got it. I, I, I may be speaking a little, um, you know what? Fuck Max. I love Max, but fuck him. Um, uh, but I think Max was kind of falling into the same thing, you know, where he had to please these people and he had to be one way. And if you know Max, he's cynical as fuck. He's one of the most cynical fucking people I've ever met, you know, but he's got to be this fucking bright, happy jerk off playing fucking kid games with these people and you know and it just like turn it turn you know like i hope some of them watch this and i hope some of them hear me when i say go fuck yourselves for for fucking for all that because it sucks bro because like you feel like you have this group of people but then the minute you don't show you don't behave like they want you to behave they turn on you and and you feel it right away you feel it in your Mm -hmm. pocket you feel it in like you know, you pop on the tube one day and there's like fucking 10 followers because everybody's turned their back on you for some reason yeah. or another. And then they also they also have their own pol- politics. So they would follow me, Ian, and Ed, Ed and, and Ian's buddies. And depending on who fucked up that day, they decide not to fuck with you. 
it was, it, dude, fuck all that shit, dude. I'm a yeah. fucking stand-up comic, dude. You know, like middle fingers in the air and all that shit, bro. Go. I would love to see like a younger person come up to you and be like, Butch, I don't really agree with what you said in one of your videos. Yeah. Man. Watch watch you just... <laughs> like, just peel him. Just peel him like a banana. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, uh, or like, dude, yeah, like, oh, there's so many, there's like some people in the scene, yeah, that if somebody did that to them, they would just absolutely... Yeah, you know, I've had to manage that living here in the Bay, bro. I mean, before you came along, long before you came along, I had already picked up a name for myself. Like, I've had a name for myself in this business, in this area, probably about two or three times. We're mm-hmm. like, oh, Butch is doing good. Butch is, whoa, Butch is fucking kicking ass. And then Butch turns into a piece of shit, and then nobody likes Butch anymore. You know, and then Butch starts doing well again and gets some, and then Butch, like, there's a series of me doing well and then a series of me being an asshole. But in between that, there's a series of people that are just fucking assholes. And they're in our scene and they're still in our scene. But I've learned not to fight with them. I've learned not to antagonize them. You know, I've learned to just be like, you know what, dude, you go live your life. There's like one guy, fucking Rick James. That's it. I pick on Rick James because it's fun to pick on him because everybody else doesn't like him. But like, you know, like I leave. I don't know. I don't know yet. Yeah, he's he's an old like like this is like earlier comedy that he's still. It's weird. But anyway, there's there's all these other people that these villains in our scene that, um, you know, old me wishes I could fucking battle with you know wits with on facebook or say some funny shit too because they're fucking popping off about shit you know but the old guy in me is like you know what dude let this motherfucker flail because they're gonna you know at some point they're gonna burn their own bridges and if you try to light yourself on fire and run into their bridge you're just lighting yourself on fire you know if it makes sense yeah wow yeah you're so right like yeah i've definitely feel like i've come into moments like what you're describing and i've sat there afterwards and been like i don't really could have just not have said anything yeah you could not have said anything and sometimes we get into it you know like um yeah you know and so to me it's best policy to just go what like like i'm learning to be the observer now i'm learning to be like you ever see like fight like a fight break out at a bar and then everybody's freaking out, but there's the one guy sitting at the bar just drinking his beer, mm-hmm. watching everybody else lose it. Yeah. I'm learning to be that guy now. Dude, you posted something the other day. You were in Oakland, I think, in a store. And there was like Oh some... yeah. That's exactly hey. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like I was just I was I was like, Man, I wish I could have been Bro, I tell I'll, I'll tell you right now, if you <laughs> ever want viral videos, walk into the fucking um O'Reilly's on International Boulevard in East Oakland because I walked in. I walked in to get some stuff for my car. My someone broke into my car down the street. I left my car at an airport, like at. Oh yeah, I saw. It. I, I left my car at yeah. Fruitvale Station and then took an Uber because yeah. I live in Berkeley. That's like thirty bucks. It's fifteen bucks from Fruitvale to get to the airport. So I left my car, got back. Someone had broken into it, ripped all the wires out because they couldn't figure out how to break into the, like, steal the car itself. So I went down to the O'Reilly down the street to see if I could pick up some parts. And as soon as I walk in, some dudes yelling and threatening the security guard. And then they finally get him out. And then there's another guy that starts to, like, a whole different argument. And then they 
And then he storms out and says he's going to come back with a gun and kill everybody. And they all kind of laugh at him. Um, and then that lady, that was like within 10 minutes of me being there. No joke. 10 minutes. I only needed like a couple of battery terminal cables, you know, yeah. and like, so I wasn't in there long. And I was just like, but that lady was the loudest, you know, and, and sometimes mm-hmm. it gets a little crazier than that, you know, okay. like. Uh, there's a video floating around on on YouTube. Um, it's it's next door to that uh, O'Reilly's actually. It's a it's a Burger King, and it starts out with like two pregnant hookers fighting each other, and and then a minivan pulls up with more hookers, and they all get out and they start beating the crap out of the other hooker, and then the pimp comes out and he's trying to break it up, and then the other pimp comes out and they get into it and they start fighting. And then this is like a 15 minute video. And then by the time the cop shows up, this cop shows up on a motorcycle and he starts to get off his bike to like address everybody. Some lady randomly from off the street in a car pulls up and hits him, hits the cop. Yeah. And it's like the most Oakland video I've ever seen, bro. It's the most, <laughs> Oakland, it's the most East Oakland video I've ever seen in my life. And if anybody listening to this lives in East Oakland, I'm sure they would be like, oh, yeah, they either know that video or they're like, yeah, that's that's really East Oakland. <laughs> like this dude, it, it it's funny because it's not people go, oh, it's scary there, you know, and it's not. I've never been shot. Um, I've, I've never really been mugged. Um, I've never had anybody try anything dumb with me. Mm-hmm. But it's it's a bad neighborhood in the way that, like, there's a lot of people struggling. So there's just shit going on everywhere all the wow. time, bro all the time and it's the best it's better than cable if you live there it's better than cable i lived in a place called the murder dubs for like four years Whoa! and like it was just like looking out the window every day on the fourth floor of our tenement was like i think i've been to oakland like once i think for something really and yeah I, like I've, I've i think i've totally <coughs> been to san francisco three i was telling ivy this last like i just recorded with her this last episode she didn't realize I was from out of state. She right. thought I was like from Salinas. I was like, no, like I'm. I've from only Washington, been to San right? Fr- yeah, I've only been. Yeah, but I've only been to San Francisco like a handful, of, like a, maybe like three, four times. Are you fucking serious? Yeah, you need to get like, out to San Francisco more often. I know. Yeah, I've been. It's just yeah. I, I've been trying to, uh, you know, figure out like maybe some some weekend days or something. But uh, damn, Santa Cruz is that abundant right now. You guys are not getting out to san francisco as much huh well i just live in marina so like it's it's just like a two hours sometimes more drive there and back and like during the week it's oh it's hectic bro when i when i first started doing comedy i had a tahoe um for a vehicle and i lived in san martin Mm. if you know where that's at it's right next to gilroy okay so i would have to drive two hours to san francisco and back and like fucking hated that drive bro that was when the santa cruz didn't have a scene there was like no scene where you guys were at salinas was not in my day you know but yeah for real like salinas had no one was even willing to go to salinas to do comedy you know it was just like i think we attempted a couple shows out there um and then at one of them somebody got shot so we're like all right maybe not not the time for it but salinas is really picked up these days it's definitely yeah, like when people come down and they're at the XL and they see the, you know, the kind of the remodeled like downtown, the old town, they're like, 
yo, has it always been like this? I'm like, no, like, no, it's, no. It's this is like this is new. there's like a lot of there's. I think they added like two or three more bars now. It's super so it's, progressive. Yeah, and it's the the nightlife. There is like a huge like Friday downtown nightlife. I've been actually going down big, and like big time, big time. Yeah, it's fun and uh, yeah, out yeah, it's interesting to to you know hear things like that because you know like santa cruz is back to there's like stuff almost every night yeah man i mean that's that's what i meant like santa cruz has such a scene and that's kind of the goal and i'm glad that you guys have that out there you know because you know it's such a scene now it's so abundant that i don't see a lot of santa cruz people come out to the city you know i mean i get i get up to like the south based stuff sometimes sure but but yeah i i'm actually doing i think in a uh, month or so i'm doing austin's show at what a deep cut that's a very uh, good show you're gonna like that one and so i'm excited to go up and do that and i was gonna see if there's anything else on wednesdays to maybe try and uh swing over and um like you know see if there's like a mic running late yeah dude do something. that do that if you ever need I a did... place to crash out here let me know i gotta okay we have an extra bedroom in our in our home right now so that's good to know. Yeah, because that's that's the other thing too. Yeah, it feels like uh, I've just um, yeah I've been getting to know more like as I do stuff in Santa Cruz and like the Blue Lagoon and stuff. Getting to know more people out that way. Yeah, I and, just you and... know like I like there's certain people that I talk to like you that I go man like you're good you're definitely doing well where you're at but I feel like if you got out to the city you would you know if you you're you're good at you're one of those people that I'm like oh you should definitely be pushing yourself into other markets. You know, yeah, like Rick hit me up about, uh, and I messaged some people while trying to go to slow to do stuff down in slow as well because that's like kind of the same distance for me. Sure, you know, as, as San Francisco. There's a the scene in slow now, too, huh? Yeah, you got like, shows uh, out there. Yeah, there's like a few different shows on like Wednesdays and Thursdays, I think. Oh, no uh, way, a couple times a month. Yeah, you should, uh, I'm yeah, definitely you should look up, into that. You should hit up Rick, uh, store and you know Rick Store? No, I don't. Wait, I, I think I know that name. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna fuck up, and they're gonna, and they're gonna be like, you don't fucking know me, bro. But I'm, I'm. Uh, he's a, he's a white boy like me. He has blonde hair, kind of. Oh yeah, Sweet. yes, yes, yeah. I, I, I've met Rick a few times. Yeah, you should. Yeah, I'll definitely him. hit him up. Dude, fuck yeah, dude. But yeah, I was. Yeah, I was. You know thinking about that too and um and then when i had mikey up here a few months ago i was kind of asking him about stuff down there as well and a couple other people because i kind of want to make a trip down there uh, in the future and and you know check that check that out do like la yeah man definitely spread those wings baby spread those wings i have some friends out i'm going to visit in in november in st louis so i'm gonna try to you said you're from the uh pacific northwest originally right Mm-hmm. Yeah, grew up grew up in Graham, Washington, dude. What the uh, fuck is Graham, bro? I'm a sh- I've been trying to tell people like I'm a sheltered farm boy, dude. Like until I was like 18, I I, I noticed that a, ten I lived on ten acres, bro. I, I, I noticed that because you're like fucking all like shout out to my sister. It's her birthday and, and stuff, and I'm like, look at these fucking like, dude. I don't see a lot of comics that are friends with their family members, dude. <laughs> and I was like, dude, like this is far, like this is like a close family right here. These guys must have grown up on a farm or something. Yeah. 
Really? Ten and a half acres, and we had cows and pigs and chickens. Oh yeah, dude, and all that shit. Yeah, Graham. So, to... <laughs> so you weren't near the water. No, I'm like by the mountain. Like I'm by Mount Rainier, kind of like uh, you know, like south of Seattle, I'm... south of Dakota, yeah. actually, south of Puyallup. Puyallup, wow, way out there, bro. Wow. Do you know where? Do you know where? Uh, you ever heard of Ording? You know what Ording is? Fuck no. I, you know yeah. what? I've only been, let's see, now I've done, oh, like, in the southern region of Washington, fucking... I've done uh, <laughs> Federal Way. Bro, I could take you into the fucking deep backwoods uh, really? place. Dude, yeah, that's dude, where like, I'm from, dude. <laughs> like, I mostly, I mostly, like, dude, that's like, is that like the dirty, <laughs> is that the dirty part of Washington or what? Like, oh, that, yeah, like, dude. That's it's like, 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 that's all the hillbillies and the Trump supporters and they're like, oh, 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 yeah. Because if you go up north, right, you go up north, like past, like, <laughs> and I am not about that life. Right. No, no, no. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and I wasn't even when I was living. I remember like, dude, I, okay. So to put it in perspective for you, Butch, I grew up one of like time I was like seven to like to like 15 i had to practice a bow and arrow every day wow because i was i had to go hunt and like help hunt and stuff no and like, shit yeah so what i was deadly i was deadly from Damn. like 40 yards away <laughs> like a fucking 12 years old no way. if you were run, if you were running in a field butch and i was 12 i could fucking, you could fucking pick me up didn't you bro <laughs> a fucking no offense but a retarded 12 year old could pick me off with a fucking bow and arrow if i was running through a field <laughs> no i like a distance though that's yeah. what i'm saying i like a distance yeah. but no uh did you yeah, have I guns was... too or did that just did your parents uh no your parents uh, stopped at bow and arrows uh yeah that's the only thing i think my stepdad could could afford uh, could have oh wow uh, nice that's how you were <laughs> <laughs> fuck yeah dude no wonder you're a comedian <laughs> um <laughs> you were in fucking hiding there that's what it was dude <laughs> It's not that you couldn't afford food. You couldn't go out and get food, dude. Like, so it's, uh, so I had a friend like that whose dad was on the run, and they lived up in Alaska like that. So just fucking hiding for like... wasn't on the run, but it just, yeah, there was stuff that happened. Hell there. yeah, dude. Your dad was yeah. on cops and shit. Um, my, oh, my actual, yeah, my biological dad probably could have been on cops. Like, he, he had some... <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude. But uh, anyways, uh, yeah, I grew up fucking just like, yeah, fishing, hunting, farming. I'm fucking, yeah. And so like moving here and being around all of this stuff, like after I went to college and stuff, I went to college in Ellensburg, which is like just the same, like same place, basically. Like it's like, here's a tiny, small farm town also. Right. And then I, and then I moved to Prunedale directly. So I'm like. <laughs> I just uh, it's like I can't get can't out, get of, out the of a fucking... That's the thing is when I met you, you're all yeah, I moved here to, and I go, Where you live? I think you were like I know you're in Seaside or something like that before, or maybe. Mm -hmm. I live in Marina now. So yeah, I'm it's like, just, why it's... why would you move like why would you leave the farm to move to the farm? Like like I need to get out of this small town, mom and dad. <laughs> I'm going to Prune Tucky. <laughs> like like, that's not how you're supposed to do it, bro. You're supposed to go to L.A. and fucking walk the fucking, walk the starry strip before oh, some fucking dude. pimp comes and sweeps you off your street. And fucking, <laughs> before you know it, you're giving blowjobs and fucking men on men films fucking on fucking Snapchat or something. Who knows, dude? I don't know what's going on out there, bro. 
probably shouldn't have moved to Poondale if you were trying uh, to get out of a small town, bro. We didn't have. Oh, it's so funny. Like I moved. Poondale has the internet, ma. <laughs> no, that's the thing. Is that the house I was living at at the time? We had no. We couldn't get internet unless it was like a fucking. We had to get like a dish installed or something. So it was like almost, we had no internet and then no cell service where we were at. So I would go to work in Salinas, and then we would hit a point where like everything would just cut off, and I was just no internet, no cell service. I almost moved to Poonville myself, uh, dude. It is because I lived in, like I lived in Salinas for like a year. Oh yeah, I lived in on Constitution, I think, up on the north side for a while too. Oh okay, and, yeah, and I know where that's at. Yeah, like the Salinas is cool. It's just like, yeah, it's actually, like bro. That's the thing is Salinas isn't bad at all. I, I have grown an appreciation for Salinas. I lived there for a year. I worked at Natividad Hospital as a fucking, like a pretty much an orderly there. I worked in their, their, um, worked in their fifty one fifty unit as a security guard. Oh, okay. Um, and they have a lockdown unit out there, which was pretty nuts. So, you know, it's like I had all the certifications for that. Uh, I'd almost moved to Poondale. These people were like, we're dog groomers. So if you want to live with us, you got to deal with that. And the place smelled like dog shit. Nah, so I was like, but I, I lived in Salinas for a year and I didn't appreciate it. I didn't appreciate it until later because I, I, I had a girlfriend that lived there. She became my wife. We had a kid. And almost as soon as we had the kid, we had the divorce, and I was on the road doing comedy. Um, but as my kid got older, you know, he grew an appreciation himself for Salinas. And it's funny yeah. because people are like, oh, it must be so dope that he gets to come to Berkeley and walk around and, you know, and be in the East Bay, especially being from Salinas. He don't give a fuck, bro. Like, I bring him out here, and he's like, I just want to go back to Salinas, you know? And really? it's like, yeah. yeah and it's weird, and, and I think it's how you grow up and stuff, and I've learned that. Um, but you know, he goes, man, I, I heard that John Steinbeck's from Salinas. He just knew that John Steinbeck was famous. And to be honest with you at the time, so did I, I just knew John, I knew that John Steinbeck wrote books and he was from mm-hmm. Salinas and he, he wanted me to read some of the books, you know, to see which ones would be easy for him to read. And, and, and this is before, you know, he got even to the stage of reading of Vice and Men, which we all had to read, which I didn't oh, yeah. as well. I, I don't like old literature, or at least I didn't before, because I felt it was like black and white TV. It would just be boring. Mm. And and I read one book of Steinbeck. I liked it. Read another. I think I'm like halfway through his catalog now. At least halfway through. And and when you read Steinbeck, and he talks a lot about Salinas, especially in like East of Eden. This is the most boring podcast you're going to do, by the way. Um, you said that the- yeah. You said that the last Did I say that the last time? I know I'm not a fun I'm not a fun like No, you have this is good. I'm not dude. a fun guest. I, I No, I, you are. This has been like you the, made the, me, the, like, like the majority of fun butch is that fifteen to twenty minutes you see on stage. And then after that they put me back in my box. I go and read books. I play the worst video games. I suck at them. Like there's uh, nothing interesting beyond that. <laughs> So, no, I don't. I mean, yeah. I'm sitting here. I like, I'm here, sitting here talking about Steinbeck on a fucking podcast. What's wrong with me, dude? <laughs> what a fucking idiot. I mean, you could you could keep talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> I was listening to you. You're all, dude, I was into it. Because <laughs> I, I mean, I like. I was gonna be when I went to college. I was gonna do. I was gonna be an English teacher. That was oh, kind of okay. my, my first major that I was gonna go into. And I like I. 
I was one of the kids that I got okay. This is like some, I, I got bullied super hard one time for even though I did, and this is like <laughs> I I just want you to know that I did before we get into it because it's like <laughs> I it was like the stupid thing and where I got told to the, read the book and I read this book and then told like I finished it before everybody else and then like turned it in and this guy in my class started was like trying to gaslight me into like telling me that I didn't read it and like getting everybody it started to upset me because I was like no I did dude and I was like getting riled up so he right. started telling everybody else to tell me like to go read it like read the book dude and like it got to the point where like teachers were coming up to me and telling me to read the book like as like because no one knew what it meant it was just like go tell this kid this thing and it got so big like the whole like so many people were telling me at school and so anyways that drove me into like being the kid in class that always read every single page of any tech of any book that was handed to us like from high school to right. college like, i couldn't i just had this like inside like i don't want anybody to to like this- know, like not know that i didn't read it and so like so you were I, like compelled to read every book everybody talked about and then like every book we were assigned so like all the literature that you're talking about and stuff like i i actually was like the kid that <laughs> read it paper to like cover to cover and like actually like there's some books that uh i was gonna send your way because i was like oh if he's talking about this stuff he might like he might like these yeah dude that's the thing is is like it's weird i'm like experiencing like some sort of inner renaissance where that's sick dude i when i first started in comedy i was a real dumb fuck douchebag bro like you know i um i know there's definitely facebook reminds me of the post that i used to make six seven ten years ago (laughs) Uh, sometimes that's so brutal (laughs) like the gross nature sexual fucking demeaning women you know making fun of races and it's funny because i'm not trying to be a white knight or this woke person because i'm not i don't think i consider myself that i just have become more educated in my time and go that's silly to think that way you know and and it's and and Mm -hmm. and in that process it's like like i grew up man like like I don't care about that stuff anymore. Like I have a beautiful girlfriend, so I don't give a fuck about getting pussy and ass and like going out there and, you know, whatever. And, and that stuff's not important to me. You know, it also treating people like that. Um, kind of like when I met my girlfriend, I definitely was one of those people who was like, these fucking women are just complaining just to complain, you know? And like, she would point things out to me. And so that started to happen. But along with that, like, uh i started reading books a lot like i started to like realize mm-hmm. like i have a really good knack for reading books like i could soak in a good book in like two or three days oh, and nice. then like and and then and then i and if i really like it i'll read it over which is crazy because i didn't even see myself reading like i've read east of eden probably like six times now i would say oh, wow. um you know like there's certain books that are just my favorites but uh, that one's my most favorite book out of all of them. Talks a lot about Salinas. And, and when he opens up this book, this is for a lot of California people too, man. If you really want to learn a great deal of history about the beginning of California, um, Steinbeck maps out the names and why we call certain places this. But the way he describes that area and how it looks, because to be honest with you, man, I grew up closer to where you are than where I am now. I grew up in a little town called Morgan Hill. And then I moved to San Jose when I was 15, but I still went to school in Morgan Hill. And then almost as soon as I graduated, I met my soon-to-be ex-wife. 
um, and she lived in Salinas. And so growing up, I always just thought this area is gross. It just looks gross. It's it's always dry. And, you know, and the way he would explain it is like the fields look like gold and, you know, and the way he explained the poppies and, you know, and, and then and then I and then I would drive my girlfriend who'd never been out that way. She's from the Concord area. I would drive her out there to go pick up my son and she would be like, this is one of the most beautiful places I've ever seen. And I'm like, are you fucking looking at the same place that I'm looking at? You know, but like, but I soon really started to gain an appreciation, you know, and I don't know if it's in my old age or just because I understand things a little bit differently or maybe the books that I've been reading, but it's like, well, I think it's one of those things where it's like, you're kind of like where you're staring at something like this close, you know, for a while. And then nobody ever takes it and goes here, dude, like actually look at it the right way. You know, and something that I can agree with you on is when I moved here, dude, like I had never seen any of this stuff ever before. And uh, going and driving down the one where you hit Monterey and you can see Del Monte Beach and the water's just hitting the fucking sand. And it's oh, just like, my God. And I, I had never seen that in my life. Yeah, it's and so like, beautiful. I was like, holy fuck. Like, I think I said that I'm like, just out loud, like in the car. And uh, some family has come to visit me. And since I've been around it so much, like I'm, I'm looking at it like this now. Right. When we're at the beach, they're like, they're like blown away, and I'm standing there like, dude, it's just fucking. It's See just though, fucking I'll tell you though, and I don't know if Southern Washington is the same as Northern, but my girlfriend's dad lives up in Squim, and mm. and her son lives in Bremerton, I think. He's in the Navy. He's in, okay. Um, and then you know and. And and then there's Seattle, which is also pretty rad because it's tucked away in the hill mountains. But I always felt like California is the most beautiful place I've ever been. And Northern California to me is like the most beautiful place I've ever been. But this last time we went out to Washington and I'd been out there before, but I don't think I've ever grasped how beautiful it is out there. Maybe the weed Dude. was just really good this last time. But like, man, Washington also is so beautiful. Like, and I think that's the thing is that you guys come over here to go look at this fucking place and we go up there and it's like, I mean, I saw a bald eagle, bro. Like I never seen a bald eagle in my fucking life before. And, and, and they're so majestic, you know? And, 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 you know, you're an asshole all the way up until you stand in front of something like that. Or at least I was. And I was like, wow, dude, that's amazing. It's beautiful. You know, you ever been close to like an elk when like when it's like they're alive? Yes. Yes. Just lately. Just lately. Northern California is covered with them, bro. Like, yeah, like I would say hunting for me growing up gave me a huge appreciation for nature Mm -hmm. because I was just in it like like in it sneaking around basically. So like listening to it like trying to find a fucking Always. you know what yes. i mean yeah and like uh like mount st helens have you ever been there have you ever seen no no I've, dude i've seen uh, plane. let me see if i can share this photo with you let me share my screen so you can see because i've stood kind of in this spot where i'm about to show you and it is it's kind of intense dude like the how do i share that's that. That's the one that vol- the volcano that blew not that long ago, right? Yeah. Can you see this? Mm, oh yeah. Oh shit. 
so do you see that hole like it blew out the side right in the middle is where the is where the hole is right yeah so that whole side like i could show you a before picture that's like a huge washington thing is like mount st helens we learn about it in school um because it was like one of the craziest volcanic eruptions in the state Did it- like this is what it looked like before dude holy smokes dude look at that whoa and did you guys know at the time that it was a dormant volcano i mean not an active volcano or did you think it was dormant or um so what happened i think is there was like holy fuck yeah mount st helens is dude mount st helens is crazy bro you should watch some you should watch some videos i'm totally going to now dude this is my interest Oh, dude! I yeah. I hope you go full. I, I hope totally you go am. balls deep. Because I have like yeah. This is exactly right up my alley. I've hunted elk in that area, and like, you are climbing over trees because they all the trees fell when it erupted, and they're they're just still there, like the dead wood. There's just it's just all over the place. So when you're you're just like an elk are just laying underneath those and just like sleeping by them, and I've a couple like there was one time where we came up on a. I came up on an elk like probably like 20 yards away from me and it jumped up and ran away. And it was like, it scared the fucking shit out of wow. me. Wow. Like, I, I was like, I was like looking for like, and it was a, I think it was a, a cow, like a female elk. Right. And like just ran away. And I was like, I couldn't, you know, pull back and fast enough or anything. And I was just like, oh shit. Have you ever dropped like, one of those? No. That must be an but, amazing feeling. But I have like, been with people and like my stepdad one time told me to we used my tag on one that he shot and so he was like let's say this is yours but like i didn't like uh i i got so close a few times like i had i actually had like i've been right here looking at uh no you you got to use a compound bow for that right you can't just use yeah and you have to like i remember the it was pretty tough for me to pull back even right and i could i could only when we were hunting elk, I had to get within 30 yards to actually kill it because that's how strong my bow was. Like, if I was shooting any farther, it wouldn't kill it. So I had to get that close. You had to get right up on it, which is fucking crazy. <laughs> which is crazy that's to be crazy, doing at, like, dude. 12, 13 years old, bro. That's and my stepdad, my stepdad would be like, all right, we're going to split up. And I would have a walkie-talkie. He's like, I'm going to go up there because we hear him over there. He's like, I'm going to try to get him to run to you. <coughs> and then I would be in the spot kind of chilling, waiting just uh yeah and i don't think i don't think people understand though like i mean i I can excuse vegans and vegetarians because they have these like warm feelings for animals that i'm i do too but i don't think people understand the thrill of like catching your own food you know like like dude just the like the feeling of catching a fish man like when you catch a fish and you're like reeling it in and it's fucking wiggling. Like I, I can't explain mm-hmm. that exhilaration to anybody. I can't you can't you can't score that shit on the street. And it sounds dumb to fucking say that. Like I feel like a dumb hillbilly, like wearing fucking real treats. Well, dude, it's it's real. <laughs> you know, like, wearing like, real you can't treat. bottle that feeling, but it's like but bro, you're like this. Yeah, you when, can't like, dude. Every time when, I catch a fish, uh, the same exhilaration. Yeah. The moment you get that bite and you go, oh, 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 boom! I got one! I got one! You start freaking out and you're reeling it in. Your friends scattering for the fucking net, you know, and you're falling all over each other. Or when you like, dude, when you spot something in the forest, and everything goes quiet, 
and you got to wait for all the animals to start because that thing will stop because I've been with deer before, dude. Like, you know, that thing will stop and then everything shuts down. So you got to wait. No, oh, dude. Wait. And you're just you're just silent. You're just sitting there. Like, and you want your you own heart it. to shut the fuck you up. You can hear it. Yeah. yeah, you can hear it. And you're like. You're just trying not to breathe loud. Like, yeah. It's, it's, dude. Never, <laughs> like, <laughs> think about that. Dude. Think about trying not to make noise while you're breathing. <laughs> I, well, that's the thing is, like, when you're, like, silent, bro, like, because I've been there before where it's, like, and I've never shot anything myself either, but I've definitely been, like, uh, close. Like, I, I, um, I went pig hunting with a friend of mine, you know, and, like, yeah. That's how bad I am because pigs are actually the easiest thing to fucking kill because they just they'll walk right into you. They're so stupid. But I remember trying to be quiet because I could hear like she stopped. Mm -hmm. And then and then like she could hear us. And I just remember thinking like, dude, I wish my heart would stop pounding so loud because I'm sure this fucking animal could hear my heart pounding. And it's kind of. Cause you you think about it, you watch videos, like you see people coming up on deer, like or an elk and stuff, and it's it's just different when you have you're also calling it to you, like the like having those things, those little calls, like bugles for elk and like yeah yeah yeah, like an elk call or a deer call, Mm -hmm. like and you have like you have antlers that you're like you know hitting together, so it sounds like they're fighting, right? You're like you're like. Yeah, and you're like making sure you're downwind of them, and you you're wearing deodorant that totally is supposed to take away your fucking, smell. And dude, some guys r- fucking rub piss on themselves. Oh yeah, I, that was my my stepdad would spray me down with this. It's so awful. Yeah, it's awful, dude. Would just spray me with this shit, and then I we had to like I had to shower with this stuff before we left for the hunting trip, and then I had to wear like this yeah this specific deodorant, and like I even we would even chew gum that was like that would make your breath just like smell different so i didn't smell like you know no way yeah wow, they like, have a gum for that yeah which is crazy Fucking like white and, people and, man <laughs> <laughs> like and i would just be and i did this until i was like in my teens and then i just kind of like i was like i don't know if i want to i just hit a point where i was like i don't think i want to be like doing this because it was interfering with sports and stuff uh, at one point and i was like i kind of want to play sports more than i want to like go out into the woods after school on Friday and spend the whole weekend, have to do my homework in the camper. I'm like, I just, I think I'm, That's not I'm not fun. committed enough to like the kill, you know? Right. Like, like I, I've killed animals, like not deer or elk, but like other stuff. And it's like, it's not, it's not a fun experience. It's like, it sucks. You know, it's like you have to deal with it and you're like, Damn, yeah, you gotta gut yeah. it. You gotta pull all that shit out of it. You gotta eat it. It tastes like that part is gnarly, dude. Yeah, dude. That part I can barely stomach it. I've been there. Like the first time I ever went through that, I was like, oh, I th- that's. I think that's why I didn't want to do it anymore. To be honest with you, is I had to go through that, and one time it like I think like a stomach or something like got ripped open. Oh I no! Like, I was like, ooh, ooh, ooh. Did it I'm out. The meat? No, it was like we got it out. You know, you and get then it, it out broke of the body. And we got and it then, out. Yeah, and then you're like, yeah, that's the worst smell. It's one of the worst smells out there. And then you can just see what they ate, and you're like, oh, they just ate that. Re- yeah, and you start, you're like, fuck, like it's really. You know what it as was a, as a kid. It's like fucked up it's to have to like, it's like, yeah. 
<laughs> like for and me, you gotta go home and skin it, and you're like, you're just holding. A, you're just it gets heavier the more skin you take off. You're like, I don't like this. Yeah, like, no, like, I don't like this. Yeah, dude. This. <laughs> you smell like guts oh. and blood and shit. Oh yeah, blood on you. Yeah, from the fucking being in the forest and then whatever else your dad put on you. you dude, know, yeah, like, yeah, dude. It's not. I, I remember. It's gnarly. I'm not about it. I remember going hunting. <laughs> And like I shot a pheasant. I was like twelve or thirteen. Oh, okay. I shot a pheasant. And my dad, I remember my dad yelling out good good land or something like that. And I ran up on it and it was laying there and it was still trying to live. It was breathing. It was gasping for air. Oh dude, that's the wolf. And like my my dad just walked over and ripped its head off. <laughs> and he goes gnarly. Good job, buddy. And he throws it in the back of his hunting vest. And, and it, that kind of, that fucked with me, you know, but I stayed in it for a long time, bro, for a long time. And I ended up like, you know, I, I did a lot more killing. Um, but uh, one day I, I, uh. I remember reflecting on that, that kid and how innocent I was right when that happened. And that like, in a way that kind of like, there was so many other things that stole my innocence way more than this. So this isn't even that good of a fucking story, you know, like, like my fucking perverted cousin or like, you know, or, or my friend stabbing someone in front of me. But I do remember like, like, God damn, dude. And I, and I got older and it ended for me. It was a good story, dude. I tell this story on story slams. Um, it ended for me. I had nothing but guns in my house. I would go hunting all the time. I killed anything that fucking walked and crawled, you know, like Damn. I didn't give a fuck, dude. Like I had fucking snake skins and pelts all over the house. You know, I was a real certified country boy. Um, okay. And uh, fucking. I remember I wanted to get a dog. I remember I wanted a dog so bad. This is probably the moment that I became a fucking pussy ass liberal. Um, cause I was living in the country. I was living in San Martin <laughs> and, uh, it's cold blooded killer, bro. I really was, dude. I worked at a bar. I was getting fights every night. I was going Damn. hunting with my friends on the weekends and fishing. And <clears throat> so, you know, I want a dog and I lived on this property, this huge property with that my friend owned. And there was like three or four different friends who lived on this property in San Martin. And all of us would take off and go ride motorcycles up in the dunes and in Pismo every every uh, every New Year's. So I couldn't afford that weekend, that week, that that New Year's weekend. So I stayed home, and I didn't know that the landowner had stayed home too, who was my best friend. And so I called him just to get his permission. I said, "Hey, I'm looking at a dog right now, and I just want to make sure it's okay that I get a dog." And he's like, "Bro, you will love having a dog, dude." Dude, you'll yeah. be the best dog owner, bro. Hit me up when you get home. I'm on my way home right now. I'm like, oh, you're not in the dunes? He goes, no, I'm all the way over in Prunedale or something like that. I go, okay, I'll hit yeah. you up then. So I get home. This guy's also known for playing pranks and being sneaky. I get home and I hear this, like, shit going down in my garage. It's getting knocked mm -hmm. over and everything. And I don't know if you've ever been to San Martin, but there's not one fucking street line in the whole city. It's nothing but country like homes. Pass through it. It's yeah. all it's all ranches and farms, and so we had a problem lately with 
with the neighbors stealing, breaking into our fucking our garages and stealing our power tools. So I was certainly thinking that might be the case. So I walked in my house and and I grabbed my pistol off the top of the refrigerator. I had a fucking um, Kimber 40 on top of the fridge and told my wife, go wait in the bathroom, you know, like just chill Mm -hmm. out there. If I start screaming my head off, call the cops, take off running and do whatever you got to do. But I was pretty sure I was going to kill these motherfuckers, dude. Damn. And so I threw the door open and I can't to this day tell you what I thought it was, but I'm pretty sure I knew it wasn't human. But I did know that my pregnant wife was in the be- in my house and whatever this thing was running towards me, I had to stop it. So I fucking took my stance and I took two beautiful shots and I landed a right square center in the middle of its eyes. They were like, uh, you know, when you do like silhouettes of shots, yeah. they were like, two moons eclipsing there was so it was such a perfect shot and as this beautiful white lab came into the light i realized i shot the wrong thing i shot something i wasn't supposed to shoot and and it laid there and i held it held it in my arms and i watched it shit took a shit while it was dying and groaning in my arms and um called my buddy and i was crying bro i'd never killed a dog before i at that time I would have happily have killed a human before I would have killed a dog, you know? And so I cried and I was like, get over here, bro. I need your help. Bring a shovel. I hang up. This is my best friend at the time, bro. He'll fucking bury any dead body I I need with him. Shows up from San Jose, which is a half hour away in like 15 minutes with a shovel. And he's panting and he comes around the corner and he sees me holding this dog and he goes, Oh fuck. And he throws the shovel down. I go, what? What? And he goes, he shot a dog? And I go, yeah. And he goes, I thought you shot your wife. I was coming to help you bury your wife. <laughs> Shout out to my lovely, excellent ex-wife, by the way, who I never would have shot in a million years. You know? <laughs> but Holy shit, dude. That's the- but that's honestly, that's crazy. what kind of crazy human being I was back then, that it was oh like... This motherfucker is unpredictable. Like, he definitely thought I shot somebody. So we take this dog up into the mountains, and we try to bury it. And my, I call my, my landlord up, who's my buddy. I go, what the fuck, dude? You know anything about this dog? And he mm-hmm. goes, yeah. He's all, it's been running around the neighborhood for, like, a week now. My wife thinks it's the most friendliest dog ever. I threw it over the fence. Hope you love it. I'm like, well, I fucking shot it. And he's like, what the hell? And I'm like, I didn't know what it was. Dude. We live in the mountains, dude. We live in the, yeah. in the fucking, not in the mountains. We live in the country. Like, yeah. I didn't know if it was a cat or something. Mm-hmm. And so shooting that dog was one of the worst feelings I've ever had. And it did make me realize that maybe shooting a human being would be a hundred times worse. You know, and, and that like, and, and like that ended my entire fascination with guns. Like, after that, I got rid of all my guns. I think I kept a couple of hunting rifles for a few years. And then when I moved to Oakland, the danger of people breaking into my house scared me so badly that I, um, you know, it's funny because the danger of breaking into someone's house might scare one person to get a gun. I was so good with weapons like that, that I knew that I would kill somebody if I if I hung on to my guns. So I got rid of everything. 
and and like and I re- and I and it and, and I think that was like one of the most defining moments of my life because the next day uh I went out and rescued my first dog which I always say is like the first love of my life man the first thing that I ever really was like like felt like in my heart that I loved and it's fucked up to say that because I was married yeah. you know but like I kind of just went through the motions of of relationships and stuff like that I I thought I was a sociopath for so long because of the way I was because of my attitude because like you I got picked on a lot in school you know but you turn into a real nice guy I turn into a real piece of shit to protect I mean I wouldn't say I wouldn't (laughs) I say I can be a nice guy well you Uh, seem like a very nice person to me (laughs) thank you (laughs) and I had a very like very very like unmanageable disposition you know when I was when I was your age because of what people had done to me and how they treated me and I thought I was a sociopath having this dog made me realize like I, I had a heart having my kid losing my mom right after um, wow we're bringing this podcast full circle aren't we um, you know like all that <laughs> stuff man made me like put down my guns made me go dude you know and it wasn't until years later that I started to become what you know now you know this is like 10 I think my son's 13 so this is like 14, 15 years ago that this happened, you know, and, 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 and so, you know, it's so weird how people could change, man. It's so, you know, because I, like, I, I was like the stories you tell me and how you, you know, you grew up, I was your stepdad. Like I identified probably mostly in your stories as your, with your stepdad. Like, <laughs> like I didn't give a fuck, bro. Like if cut dude, no joke, bro. No joke. If, like I didn't have no problems with law enforcement, but if I did, it didn't matter. Like that's how much I didn't care, you know. Like, like I, I mean, I did get arrested a lot, but when cops, yeah, busted well, me, I would, like what well, the for at least from what my knowledge, like he had something happen way a lot a long time before I was around, and he was, you know, he was kind of like this like carpenter step like always at work kind of guy you know hunting and fishing come outside help me you're gonna go split wood all day today real fucking man yeah and so like i learned all that kind of stuff from him and i do value that i mean we don't really talk anymore um but like i really do like all that stuff that i you know picked up from sure from from that is like you know that's how i know how to use my hands and stuff and like those uh, are valuable bro like even like i'll tell you right now like you know, I'll be on the tour with these guys and they're from the city. They grew up in LA, you know, and, and we'll be doing stuff. And like, just, just, just because you learn stuff like that when you're growing up, it gives you a little bit of uh forward knowledge into other things. Yeah. You know, like, um, it, it's a rare thing to have that kind of knowledge. But then once you have that, you understand, like, you know, you can, like, once you understand basic things like police systems and, you know, and how tools work, then you can start to understand how things are made and how they work. And it's funny mm-hmm. because I'll be on tour with these guys. And that's kind of what started me and Felipe on this, this podcast was like, you know, and I always found myself to be annoying amongst my friends. Cause I'm kind of a know-it-all where I'll like, Oh, that's how that works. Or that's how that's made. Or that's how this system, you know, the yeah. braking system on a locomotive works like this, or, you know, like I could explain to you, you know, how flight works, or I could understand, I could explain to you the exchange of implements in on a on a tractor, you mm-hmm. know, and like I could tell you how a house is built and framed out, you know, and it's like, yeah, I could tell you how to gut an animal, I could tell you how to make beer, I could tell you how to make whiskey, 
you know, I don't know what to fucking tell you, bro. Like, I have this vast knowledge of useless shit. And it helps me now because I'm on tour with these guys that are like, you know, city dwellers. And and when they first met me, I was living out in the country. When Felipe first met me 18 years ago, I was that's where I was on that farm. He would come and okay. stop over and smoke weed with me on my little farm. I had weed out there. I grew weed and, yeah. you know, and uh, so I, I get to explain stuff and they find mm-hmm. it fascinating, you know, and, and then they'll go. Hey, how come it's like this? Or what does that do? Or like, you know, when we were in Pittsburgh, I was like, like I learned what all the different stacks were and what they did, or I learned what mm. the crane did. And, you know, and like, you know, what's funny though, is it, it, I think that like now we all try to sit there and compete each other with uh, what we've learned about a certain place. And it's, you know, and I feel like I've kind of sparked that in them, interest. you know, yeah. the interest because I'm, I'm fascinated by everything, but that comes from, when I was younger working on the farm and, you know, my mentors going like, this is how you run a chainsaw or this is how you, you know, this is how you put a fucking serpentine belt on a fucking old car, you know, our old 67 Chevy or like, Uh. you know, (laughs) ah, dude, we lost, you know, the, we lost the fucking, the petcock valve on a ATV, but this is how you fucking replace it, you know? And it's like, yeah all all that stuff man causes me to just be more interested in the world yeah like uh (laughs) i used to have to slide the boards behind the cows once they ran into the headlock thing oh yeah boards behind them they would shit all over the fucking boards and then you'd have to pull them out and fucking go to the next one (laughs) (laughs) and i was doing that what did you guys have a dairy farm or was it uh... no it was like we had like eight or nine i think we would raise them and then we would uh the guy would come out and kill them and we would eat them nice Uh, which yeah like so you guys literally lived off of the land yeah until i was like until i moved out i we had a yeah full garden full was uh, did you like, eat because I, I my sister had friends she she when we were younger she babysat for a teacher who lived entirely off the land like him mm-hmm. and his daughters but they never ate outside of the food at home so we sometimes it was like supplemented in and but most of it most was of it okay the like we would have like our milk delivered uh like Smith Brothers or whatever okay. like farms. Would you? Uh, and so then, you wouldn't shit your pants though if you went to McDonald's or something. No, because it was like it was like we would get it like every now and again, or we'd have like pizza sometimes, you know. But it was like a way. We also sold it like uh, the beef and like the the pork and stuff. We would like sell it to like my oh dope stepdad. Kind of like trapped it out of the. He'd like sell half a cow to like a homie or you know, and then we would have like. We'd we'd have like a pig that would have a bunch of little pigs. We'd sell those little pigs to people and stuff. And um, yeah, it, like having to like having to I don't know spade pigs. Is that what you said? Yeah. You, well, it depends. Uh, neutering neuter? is yeah. Neutering is I think for the males and spay is for, so neutering. Yeah. I guess we're just wrapping rubber bands around, oh, around their balls. Mats. Yes. Yeah. And we used to do that <laughs> to the bulls. That's fucking Dude. so, bro. It's the gnarliest thing so I've ever gnarly. seen in my life. Yeah, it's not. Watching that thing walk around with a rubber band or leather because we used it leather just turns black. Yeah, we used Dude. a leather strap. Dude, it's fucked. And then it's like, and then it hangs and it's all bloody and dripping for like another day or two. Bro, it's gnarly. It's it gross, has to feel dude. terrible. Yeah. Imagine doing that to your. Imagine someone does that to your nuts. I don't do <laughs> your nuts. Are I, just... like, I go. I, like, I can't get a so cut, bad. bro. 
Like, that's one thing for sure, bro. Like, just your nuts is a serious thing for a man. But you want to know where my brain goes? You want to know where my brain goes? My brain goes to, like, I can't even get a cut without it getting infected. This motherfucker's got a big hole where his balls were. And he's, like, walking around stomping and shit all day. You know? And, and shit's it's, on the hole. Yeah. There's, like, shit getting in the hole. <laughs> and it's just, like, this is this, this, like, like thing. Like, with, like, shard ends just hanging <laughs> off. And it's, like, dripping, dude. It's the grossest. Like, I, that's the other thing, too, bro, is, like, you know when people go, like, you know you get, when you're younger and they go, you're not man enough for this. And you're, like, whole... Your whole trajectory as a young male is to make yourself man enough to handle stuff like that. <laughs> and and I really achieved that. I really did go like, you know what? I'm man enough to deal with all this. And then I got into comedy. Okay. I got into comedy and I moved to the city <sighs> and I lived in a deluxe apartment with my dad in a fucking, in a dope ass little apartment after my divorce. And then I just focused on comedy for like about five or six years. And then I went back to the farm for like a few days and I was like, fuck, no, I'm not mad enough for this. I'm not mad at this. I'm not. Like, you go, oh, what's the matter? You city slicker now? Fuck, yes, I am, bro. Oh, you can't handle a little blood? No, I can't handle blood anymore. I'm not Bro, I, I was trying to explain to my girlfriend because, like, I'm the man of like four showers a day, like, wash my hands. Like, ew, don't touch that <laughs> kind of guy. Yeah, she does not oh. believe me when that when we were kids, we used to pick up dead possums off the fucking highway by the tail. And if your friends were walking in front of you, you sneak up behind them. And the best is on a hot day and you slap them with that dead possum, bro. You make sure to hit them with that fucking side that's rotting, too. And then you fucking run, bro. You toss that that's possum. So you, so you, you, the idea is you toss that possum as far as you can. Yes. So that either he's going to go get the possum and try to run you down with it, or he's oh. going to fucking just not have the possum and try to oh run you God. down and beat the shit out of you. Holy shit, dude. Oh, my God. And, and she's like, would you... <laughs> He's like, did you wash your hands when you touch eggs? You know, and it's like, yeah, I, oh. I, I know, I know. I'm I used to be, dude, I got fucked up by a rooster once, like, as a kid, and I've, ever since then, when I, my mom would tell me, you gotta go get the eggs, I would I would be like, I don't wanna, I don't wanna, do, can can someone else go, I, go fucking, I really don't dude, go fucking with chickens coop. is gnarly, bro, I don't think, because you had, I would walk in with a handful of that dry cob, whatever the fuck, yeah. the corn shit. And I'd throw it in the corner, and I'd get them all in the corner, and then I'd run in there, and I'd fucking grab them, right. all the eggs, and I would get the fuck out. You would move like, as quick as possible. I hate chickens, bro. Yeah. Like, one, uh, seriously, like a rooster one time like flew up onto me as a kid and was like fucking trying to fuck with me, and it was when you're, I was like six, I think. Yeah, when it, you're like, a six-year-old, it's terrifying. Oh, it fucked me up forever. I'm, I'm an adult, bro. Like I, was, like, I was just on my friend's farm, and his rooster started tripping off me. And I was like, bro, I'll punch your fucking rooster, dog. I'll, I'll fucking stalk it right in midair, bro. I'll kill bro. chicken if it fucks Yeah, me. dude. I'll fucking, like, he was laughing because it was following me around. He's like, he just wants you to pet it. And I'm like, Mm-mm. dude. Nope. Stop trying to get me to pet your cock. You know, I was like yelling all that shit. <laughs> I was like, but I was seriously in my mind. I'm all, I'll kick this fucking rooster, bro. I'll kick this fucking rooster as far as I can kick a fucking rooster. It's just funny to think the rooster starts moving to, towards Bro, I punched a goat around, one time. You're like, fuck you. you Bro, I punched this goat on our farm one time, dude, because it kept, like, like I was, like, you know, trying to, like, because, you know, it's, like, far, like, 
you know, you're, you're just doing maintenance when you live on a farm, you know, like most of. Yeah, you just have to be around the animal kind of for a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Farming and, is uh... mostly maintenance. I don't think people understand that. Like, especially nowadays, like, you know, your tractors and your implements pretty much do all the work. Even like mm -hmm. if you get a like old 50s tractor with an old 50s implement, you're still it's doing most of the work for you. Yeah, but, like the mo but yeah. most of, <laughs> most of farming is maintenance. So you're bending over, and this fucking goat keeps poking at you, and like this motherfucker bit that little, you know, where your butt cheek ends and your thigh begins. Oh yeah, this little, this, this ah. fucker got a good chunk of that, bro. As ah, I was bending ouch. over, and I could feel my ball skin, kind of like, like slipping out of that. And if he had gotten my balls, dude, oh, I think I would have stabbed this fucking goat. <laughs> But I turned around and I socked this goat. I, dude, I socked this goat in the face like a man. And the goat stopped. Like, it stopped and stared at me for a moment. And then it walked away. It slowly walked away, though. Like, bitch, you're lucky I don't have fucking opposable thumbs. Because I'd get a gun and I'd shoot you. Like, that's the look. And then from that it probably day. probably was, like, assessing. Bro, me and that goat like, were wow. like this all the time on the farm. Like, that goat. It like it was waiting for its chance to do something, and I was waiting for my chance to sock it again. Fucking hated that goat. I think it's dead now. It deserves yeah. it. Yeah, I, <clears throat> I haven't had. I mean, I, I had like my sister had a little. I'm scared of rabbits because of my farm growing up. Like legitimately, I oh, can't wow. be in a room with them. Dude, you're fucking traumatized. <laughs> <laughs> but like, because I was. We had a cages full of them, like four or five cages full of rabbits. So my sister would like, you know, help. And I had to help him take care of them for some reason. And uh, I opened the cage once to like put its food in its little dish. And it was a, one of those white, white rabbits that has like red fucking eyes. Oh, yeah. Those things are creepy. Yeah. And it just went at my hand and like tried to like. And I've never seen a rabbit just go full and they move so quick yeah, they, they, that it attack. scared the it yeah. scared me so bad that like i can't look at them the same they're like they're like what is it gremlins yeah you yeah know? dude i feel that's you. what it's like now it's like if i see you know you see the little furry nice thing i all i see is a demon yeah i, like, I, feel, <laughs> you, I feel you on that i don't like i don't like rabbits i have a thing about rabbits myself um <laughs> they're so fast they're like well i up. picked <laughs> one up i picked one up and it was it was it was bucking away when I when I tried to pick it up and it sliced like from one arm to mm. the other, and uh, that's sharp. Yeah, they're like, sharp, dude. And they will bite. Hurt. I don't know if people yeah. know that, but a fucking a good sized bunny will bite your finger off, dude. I have dude. There's like scars all up on the, these couple fingers yeah. from that from rabbit. I got yeah. scars from rabbit. Yeah, <laughs> dude. Yeah, don't like fuck them. Like, <laughs> like a friend had a pet rabbit once, and I was just like, I'm out. Like, see you guys later. Nah, there was dude. a rabbit in the house, and I was like, uh-uh. I don't trust it. I don't trust it at all. Like, nah, people dude. trust people trust them way too much, dude. That's all I got to say is, like, we trust rabbits a little. We need to give them a fucking <laughs> second. We need to give them a second look, dude. <laughs> oh, God, dude. I'm so wondering what the fucking title of this podcast is going to be. I don't even know. This is, we've been everywhere, dude. And, and, and now we're we've at fucking deadly rabbits. Yeah. Um. I really last thing I have uh, I met, I have questions here, but we've just been kind of going like yeah we've been going everywhere. Uh, I just kind of because you've been that you were there for a while and um, like I just want to hear like what's your 
What's your like crazy? What's some of the craziest like stuff you saw at like the Blue Lagoon? Like I'm always curious. I've been asking like I was asking. I think my favorite. This. I think my favorite moment or or my most memorable moment is DNA's favorite moment. Um, and it was oh with the lady with the snake. Nah, this was the day after the uh, Boston bombing, uh, marathon bombing, and I got. I don't on think st- I heard this one. Have you heard this one? I don't think so. No. Yeah, I get on stage. And I start doing jokes about the Boston bombing. <laughs> and I'm like, like, I was like, my whole thing was these people deserved it. Because what kind of asshole, like, pays to run? Like, <laughs> like, like, if you, like, like, you could go run for free. And you're, the only thing is, you're just not going to get a medal for it. You're not going to get some kind of commemorative pin. Because at the same, at the time I was dating a girl that was a marathon runner. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, wait a minute, like, wait a minute, how does this work? Like, what do you do? You, do you sign up? Yeah, like, how much you got to pay for this thing? She's like, 200 bucks. You pay 200 bucks to run what? 13 and a half miles? Why don't you just run around yeah. the school track? What's the point? Like, are you raising money? No, no, you just, or do you think you'll win because you're fat? Like, she was really fat. And she was like, no, you just get a cool medal and some, like, neat swag afterwards. I'm like, Dude, pay me a hundred bucks. Pay me half. I'll go buy a trophy for twenty-five bucks of Vic's trophies. You know what I mean? Put your name on it. You go run around that school fucking track for <laughs> twenty-five, thirty times, and I'll give you the trophy. Like, I just didn't make sense to me. I thought, like, dude, oh, oh, only in this fucking country do we pay money to go run. And I just thought it was ridiculous. So when that happened, you're just going off. I was going off. I'm all good. <laughs> I'm like, maybe you shouldn't pay to go run. Maybe you should do other things with your money. You know, and people weren't having it, bro. They started, like, booing me and heckling me. I think we had to, like, I had to go out the back or something like that. DNA knows the story more than I do. But, yeah, that to me was probably that. And then one time these guys were heckling me. And and DNA, I don't know if you've ever seen DNA angry. And it's so funny because for those who don't know DNA, he's a very sweet hippie type man but i call him the scariest hippie on the fucking face of the planet because he used to be way more angry i think he's less angry now he's more agitated more more anxiety ridden poor guy but uh he would get angry man one time these guys were heckling me and i just look out you know you gotta like kind of do this with the light you, know, you gotta mm-hmm. put that your hand over your face to see the light to see him yeah and i see dna you know and he's got his little fucking hat and his glasses and he's in these two guys. These two guys are like bigger than him. And he's like, hey, bud, shut the fuck up. Get the <laughs> fuck out of my fucking club. I'm fucking sick of this. And they're like, we're just helping. No, you're not helping. I was, and they were so afraid of him. And I was like, dude, this is the scariest hippie I've ever met in my life, dude. <laughs> that sounds crazy. Yeah. Uh, that's, yeah. There's, um, I was talking to Ben the other night. He had some good, he had some good stories. Ben's too. got good just, stories, bro. Me and yeah, Ben have just, good stories. Yeah, Sam actually sent me the video uh, the other day from it was like Chad's last show at the Blue. It was like a video that he made. Oh, okay. And uh, I was watching that, and it was cool to see some people that I didn't even know uh, had were at the Blue Lagoon at that time, um, like Jordan Thulis and. Uh, there's another person and I was like, oh shit. Like, oh yeah, man. Crazy. That place has made some really good comedians, dude. Uh, 
it's yeah it's like the more i the more i'm there the more I have stories i hear the more i'm like the more i want to hear about it because it's yeah. just like it feels like there's all this lost like history that's so like there's a lot of lost history it's like i I, I like to hear like uh you know like i've people talked about the brainwash on here i never got to go there and that seems like a whole nother dimension of of like comedy in the bay that is just like brainwash kind of, like, was the brainwash was rad i remember going there a few times but nothing leaves a legacy in my heart like the blue lagoon there's nothing quite like the blue lagoon you know and and if i yeah, could it's... say anything about my career i definitely built it out of that place like i did a lot of my shaping and my retooling and my building out of the blue lagoon because it was just like it was it was like it was if you were going up early you were fucking performing in front of nobody but hecklers you know and if you're going up late yeah. it was a packed house and you better kill it because if you didn't you had a packed house that was going to hate your guts and it was yeah. and as packed as it was it was very possible to bomb in front of that many people oh i've yeah i've done exactly that oh and... yeah dude well, i mean that's the thing <laughs> with that, that people, many I don't people think, <laughs> a lot of you guys go to the blue lagoon now but i don't think people like that's the thing is that you know there was a time i mean like i'm in a place now where i'm like you know i mean i'm pretty sure i'm gonna get laughs when i grow up you know it's very rare that i get a a set full of silence or like that kind of bombing bombing usually to me now is like they only laughed a little bit, you mm -hmm. know, but like um, that was the thing is that I would go around and kill it everywhere else. But if I tried to phone it in at the fucking blue, that audience knew right away and they would eat me alive, you know. So that's the blue taught me how to be very versatile, very versatile. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm learning things like that through hosting shows. I've been hosting a lot of different. Good like stuff like open mics and like showcases and it's like it's an interesting like to always go in to be that first voice you know to like and then to set the tone kind of yeah i think that it like it's that's the thing man i'm making me i'm glad to hear that it's really refreshing to me because i love hosting you know i was just talking to um the booker over at cheaper than therapy you know and i and and she knows that i don't mind hosting she knows that i don't have a particular position that i need to be in when i perform but i was sharing with her that it sucks right now because like i'm doing really good on the road with felipe and i'm getting a lot of attention in that direction but back at home my bookings are suffering and i can't figure out why i don't think it's because i'm beefing with people or i have problems and she had basically was like i think people don't know that you're willing to just not headline you know and in fact like i love opening to me opening is such a very important you know, and if this is any, if any comics yeah. are listening to this, beef your fucking opening act before you get to your headlining act. And then keep that opening act polished because you're going to host more than you're going to headline. And even when you're fucking the most famous comedian, you're going to host. You're still going to host Oscar ceremonies, award ceremonies. True. You know, like that's that's what we do. That's how we started in this business. Uh, one of the things that I'm working on right now on my podcast with Felipe History for Foos is we our, our first phase is the history of comedy. So I've learned a lot about our origins and what we are, you know, from the very first day to like now. And I would say that our primary job, the 
our roots are are buried in hosting that's how like the the first stand-up comedian you know there's a there's a bit of an argument oh it could be mark twain or it could be this there's a guy named frank Fay, who i believe in my heart was the first stand-up comedian he uh would he would do the intros in between acts in vaudeville and back in the day you would just put up a sign you go okay here comes millie and her fucking tomato juggling fucking yeah. you know group and then you put the sign up and then you get off well he would go up and do time in between you know and he would announce them that's where the that you know he was the original master of ceremonies there's a guy named frank yeah, i just Faye. found a video that says frank Faye the first oh he's a real piece of shit by the way like he was Not an really. awful person he didn't like jewish people um he he uh he hated a lot of people especially milton burl it's where milton burl stole his act from Milton Berle stole his act from Frank Fay. Um, so, like, you know, but but you could almost start at the beginning there with with where stand-up comedy came from and the genetics of what we do. Probably started with that guy. Wow. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm watching a thing right now. He has, like, a military uniform on. Yeah, because he was a, what was called an army comic back in the day. So, mm-hmm. like, after the war, uh, a lot of guys were coming home, and they were doing material in their uniforms. Oh, and they would okay. be deemed military acts. And Frank Faye was fizzling out. Vaudeville, Vaudeville had already gone, come and gone. Radio had come and gone. And, you know, and only really good acts were getting on TV. And, yeah. um, you know, if you ever watched The Marvelous Miss Maisel, it's a um, really good depiction of what, what comedy was like back then. Um, from what I've read and Frank Faye was one of those guys who just struggled because he couldn't get out of, you know, he, he went into to the army and then he became an army comic and then he kind of just couldn't get out of it. And at the same time yeah. he'd burned so many bridges that nobody wanted to fuck with him. So, you know, he kind of went his own way, but yeah, man, that right there, that guy was just an MC and that's what we all are. So I think it's really important for comics to beef up that MC skill. It's fun too, like being able to, like, I, I love when somebody has has a bit or something, and you, like, you think of something that's like just the perfect little like thing, you know, the perfect little like just quick laugh or something to the, bring up the next person. Like, it's so cool to just be able to do that, and then like go on to the next. You, you step off, and you're like, it just feels like a peaceful transition of of everything and like it's there's a way to do that and there's a way to not do that and like totally totally you, you, you see it happen like at at shows all the time you're and you're like totally okay like don't you're almost like, okay don't do shit like that when you go up in between because it's just like, it's just yeah you're trying to keep that. well yeah and that's the thing too is it's, it's a yeah. skill people don't, I, it's so weird to me how like you know cheaper is a place that doesn't do it um where they'll go you know we need a good opener and then they'll they'll you know like they don't just because a lot of places will go, oh, who's the newest guy? We'll make him the opener. And it's like, no, dude, he's carrying the spirit of the whole show. Yeah. So it's very important. Very, very important. And I think, yeah, I, I've i been guilty of that, of people putting me first and feeling like, man, what the fuck? Why am I going first? You know? <laughs> right. Like, and, uh, and, and then people, I've, somebody else has said it to me before. They're like, it's because you have good energy, dude. Like, that's why I put you there. Yeah. Because, like, you, you're, like, you're somebody that's going to, like, 
I know it's gonna, you know, the show's gonna start off. Like, even if it's now. like, even if it's the attitude of, well, let's put Mike up. He's new. Then, then, yeah, change your minds. Go up there. Like I remember, like a buddy of mine, Chris Doran. You know, he would go. He we would go to a show and they'd call him up and they and he was like the funniest guy in the bay at the time. And he'd go, they want me to. He would talk like this. He had a nasal voice. He go, they want me to open. Watch what happens, bro. I'm going to fuck everybody up, dude. They're never going to have me go first again. And he would go in there, bro, and he would fucking just kill it so hard that they were like, dude, we can't we can't keep opening with this guy. So no matter what, your attitude should always be. But that's yeah. the thing, dude, is like, yeah, dude, I feel like if I'm going to put, if I open someone on my show, if I'm running a show, they're going to have good energy. I'm not going to open some new guy. In fact, I would just don't have the motherfucker on if you don't want to. You know, like that to me is like every person on the show should be a quality person. From beginning to end, everybody's a carrier, the opener, the feature act, headliners, the mm-hmm. closer. But the opener, it's your show. It yeah. belongs to you. You're the host. Yeah. You know, that's how I always looked at it. The fucking the headliner is the guest. The the host is just that, the host. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And I... I, uh, I've been starting to really look at it like the way you're describing it and like thinking about it and like a big picture kind of, cause at first I think producing when you don't know what you're doing, at least for me, when I first started doing it, I was just booking people around the media, the immediate people around me. Cause that's all that I knew. And I was just like, you come do that. And I would have like 10 people on my show. Cause I didn't know what I was doing. And I was just like, Oh yeah, come do it. You have five minutes. And we were just, and it's like, I, I'm now like really looking at it as like putting on a fucking awesome show in uh, that 90 minutes or whatever, right? And, like trying to have the best possible thing that I can do with what I have and what I can get into the basement. And like, yeah, it's been a full like shift to that. And I've been like, Oh man. Okay. Like looking at everything differently. It makes you reevaluate like a lot of stuff that you're doing. Totally. Totally. And bro. it's like, yeah, I've just been like... Attitude is like, everything, too, bro. Attitude is everything. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. My buddy used to tell me all the time, attitude is latitude. You know? Yeah, that's a good, that's a good saying, yeah. <clears throat> well, dude, I don't want to... It's already... We've gone so... Yeah, well, let's... Uh, so long. I don't want to take part up any two, more We can do a part two. <laughs> I got a... Yeah. I got a guy coming right now. I got to show him my car. Uh, okay. Because someone tried to break into it, but... Um, okay. Yeah, if you want to can... continue? I know that we you want to talk about a lot more. I'm down. Uh, we can. Yeah, I mean, it's just yeah, it's just nice talking to you. Um, yeah, dude. Fuck yeah, bro. Uh, freaking. Uh, where can people follow you at? Um, so that you can. Uh, dude, right now check. Instagram or TikTok are my favorites. I meant to bring up your TikTok too. Like, I, I was just yeah, I was gonna mention like, dude, have you been? you've been posting like i've been seeing you in my feed pop up quite oh late. yeah dude and, like, my fucking like tiktok some of those videos right kill me dude some of those yeah, are, like, yeah, <laughs> totally. like i'm just like jeez yeah um so yeah, yeah instagram fo- tiktok follow me on there um oh, yeah. come find me come to a show come hang out oh yeah dude yeah go go follow butch you guys um and yeah if you're in the bay if you're in the san francisco area and go see this guy perform because I I enjoy him and yeah. He's, oh uh, man, I enjoy you too. Thank you, bro. Thank you for having yeah. me on your podcast. The, f- the first time I ever hung out with you was that time where you were like just tripping at that lady at the Fosters, <laughs> and it's just like I was like, that was the best, were, bro. Yeah, that was the best. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh,
Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Please make sure to like and subscribe on any platform you're on right now and head over to Instagram or Facebook. Give the page at I'm Getting There Pod a follow to continue to stay updated on this. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>